When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Everyone Talks to Liz. I hope that you guys have been finding yourself with a little bit of time to listen to some podcasts, particularly mine, uh, because honestly, every single one of these stories will probably make you feel better about whatever you're going through right now. And let me guess, some of you feel like you're stuck. You can't go out. You can't see friends. You can't see family. It's just the nationwide coronavirus nightmare. Let's call it worldwide. But if you want to really hear about difficulties and not being able to flee, how about being forced to flee? My guest for this week's podcast fled Iran and came to the United States with a one-way ticket when he was just 17 years old. He was only given $750 in his pocket, but he had a huge dream in his heart. And today, He is the CEO of toy giant MGA Entertainment. You may know Bratz Dolls. Okay, that's him. But let me tell you, he's been working tirelessly during this COVID-19 fight to help others because he knows from whence they come. He has been in an equally terrifying situation at a much younger age. I'd like to welcome MGA Entertainment CEO Isaac Larian. My friend, how are you doing? I'm good, Liz. Thank you so much. Hope you and everybody's keeping How safe. How are you keeping safe? Tell me just a little bit of your world and what your daily life is like these days. Well, Liz, you know, I am now 66, so I'm officially a senior citizen. <laughs> and, I was, and I was looking forward to go to movies at half price until this thing oh. so, <laughs> so I can't do that. Well, so I am working... I'm really now working uh, literally 18, 19 hours a day, half of it working for MGA, the other half working on this Operation Pac-Man, which is about getting PPE material to frontline hospital workers, doctors, etc. And it's, it became a full-time job. Uh, about 10 people in the company are helping me with that. But it's really, really growing. Uh, so that's what I've been doing. PPE, of course, for those of you who don't know, personal protective equipment. And and you call it Operation Pac-Man, of course, you know, a nod right. to the famous Pac-Man game. And, you know, this is anything but fun and games. This is incredibly serious. Specifically, what are you doing and how are you doing it for the first responders? Okay, we have done a few things. First thing we did, well, let me go back for a second, Liz. When we have offices in China, Hong Kong, uh, all over the world, Europe. So when this uh, epidemic happened in China, we airlifted uh, basically masks and other protection devices to China, believe it or not, from USA to give 
to the frontline workers in China. But then when this uh, it came to USA and other parts of the world, I have some friends in the medical business, a lot of doctors, and uh, they called me uh, frantically asking if we have any more masks or protection products for them. So we basically went on reverse and started importing. We st- set up Operation Pac-Man and started importing, uh, believe it or not, from mm-hmm. China, uh, our masks, uh, protection clothing, goggles, uh, face shields, you name it, and uh, donating freely to uh, hospitals across USA and now UK. Uh, we have proudly shipped to over 100 hospitals. Oh. As I'm speaking to you now, we have shipped over 210,000 uh, of these products, and we have another 200,000 arriving on Thursday. So we're just getting this into people's hands because, as I'm sure you know, the doctors and nurses are really the heroes in this uh, epidemic because they risk themselves to go to hospitals to take care of people who are infected. And this disease, unfortunately, is a very, very strong. And, uh, and they need to have protection. Yeah. They need to have protection. So we are happy to do that. And yeah. that's what we have done. I have put $5 million of uh, LOL Surprise. LOL Surprise now is the number one selling mm. toy worldwide. I put $5 million of that sales in this business. So, and then, you know, to, again, Liz, uh, talking to doctors and hospitals, especially at UCLA, they asked for something else. And we came up with uh, this product called uh, Lev Love. Uh, masks for doctors and patients. I call it Lev. <laughs> Lev in Hebrew means uh, heart. Right. And my grandson, and my grandson's name is Lev. So I thought it was Aww. good to do that. So, uh, so we have made those already. Our design team made those literally in two weeks, and I'm proud to say that over twelve of them right now are at use at UCLA. Aww. They are being shipped now to hospitals in UK for them to use it as well. And soon we're going to be in mass production. Again, we are donating all these products uh, to hospitals. You've come a long way from having 700 bucks in your pocket in a strange land with a strange language. And I'm sure a lot of fear back then when you left Iran, maybe your earliest part of your journey to the United States made you somehow realize, and now I'm playing like psychology here, but made you somehow realize that life is too short. You just got to get it done. But let's go back to that time when you arrived in America. What did you think was going to happen in your life? It must have been so fish out of water experience type of feel. Yes, absolutely, Liz. I always, and I tell, I have grown children. I always tell them, that uh, past experiences make us who we are. And instead of playing victim, you always have to look back to look forward. 
and uh, you know, live, um, growing up in Iran, uh, my father, uh, who was in textile business, went bankrupt, and we had to move to literally the slums of Tehran, where we had no running water, no light, etc. I remember doing homework under candlelight, and the water we would get from the gutters uh, in a big well and drink it from wow. there. So I had a tough, tough childhood uh, because not only I, uh, going to school, but after school I had to work at my father's shop every day <laughs> since I was eight or nine years old. When I turned 16, 17, uh, and watching a lot of Western movies, I remember very clearly uh, the mo- one of the movies that really got me excited was uh, Easy, Easy Rider. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, I looked at it and said, oh my God, people are beautiful. This is, this is where I want to go. So uh, I was insistent and I told my parents, I need to get out. I need to go somewhere else to make a better life. My father was able to borrow about $753 to be exact and a one-way ticket on a Pan American airline. And I came to L.A. Uh, and uh, and unlike the movie Easy Rider, there were no blonde <laughs> or red-headed uh, in, the, in the airport to pick me up. <laughs> Nobody was there. So... So, make the long story short, you know, I moved uh, to uh, I moved to an area in LA called Inglewood. I had a single apartment, and uh, when I got that apartment, uh, literally from the def- uh, deposit and uh, everything else, within thirty days, that seven hundred and fifty-three dollar with food and everything else just went mm-hmm. away, and. Uh, I had, I remember I had 25 quarters left in my pocket. And uh, I was a kid, you know, and to be honest with you, if I had a, if I had a ticket, I would go back. But uh, I walked all the way from Inglewood down about 11 miles to Lawndale. And I went to every gas station, every 7-Eleven, every restaurant, everywhere to ask for a job. And I couldn't get anything until about 5.36 p.m. I arrived at the coffee shop called Spire's Coffee Shop, and which is still there. Yeah, the I know. And, and I went there, and they said no to me. So, uh, you know, I turned around, started walking back home. I couldn't even afford a bus ride. I mean, I had 25 quarters left. I guess I could go to RTD, but I wanted to save every penny. And frankly, I remember I was Liz, I was very hungry and crying walking back. And then a guy who was in the coffee shop came and put his uh, hand on my shoulder, asked me if I was Persian. And I said, yes. And he talked to me in Farsi. He was the chef cooking in the Spires coffee shop uh, there. And he was also, I I found out later on, the manager of that chain. So he took me back, gave me liver and onion, which I still go to, <laughs> to eat once in a while. 
I have the taste in my mouth. And uh, he gave me a job as a dishwasher at uh, dollar sixty-five an hour, and uh, uh, in the graveyard shift from eleven to seven a.m. And that is how I started. But I always had a big dream. I learned that you need to survive. I learned that uh, not to play a victim, that uh, dream big. And, uh, and that's, you know, I was a dishwasher for a while. Then I was promoted to a waiter. Uh, no, busboy first, then a waiter. And, uh, you know, I, I went to school at Cal State LA, got a civil engineering wow. degree i worked the restaurants all the time uh, from there. And uh, when the revolution in Iran happened, I went there to take a look, and I found out that I can't, that's not the place for me. So I came back to America and started a company called Micro Games of America, which was basically selling uh, mail or the giftware. And that's where the name MGA came from. Ah, oh, okay. So, yeah, so now we are the largest privately held toy company in, in the USA. And uh, I think uh, it was my calling always to try to give back. You can't see me. And solve, solve problems. You can't see me right now, but I do have tears yeah. in my eyes, Isaac, because this story touches me very deeply. And I think about you as a 16-year-old walking 11 miles and then turning around and crying. But it's it's almost as if that Persian chef, the Persian cook, right. was meant to be. I mean, what are the chances in Lawndale, California, that you would run into another Iranian individual? And, you know, this was 1971, right? Yeah, in 1971, there were not, there was not so many Persians here. You're 100 percent right. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know whether it's it's a, a natural force or or however people envision God, but it was really something to hear this story. This is everyone talks to Liz, and we'll be right back. I know a lot of you have had this experience because for those of us who in 2020 were all sent home and we were stuck in a lockdown during the pandemic, we had a lot of time on our hands and I saw an ad for Masterclass and I thought, I want to better myself. I want access to all of these brilliant people who teach you things. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with more than 200 plus of the world's best and smartest. For just under 10 bucks a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And I don't care, you can wake up one morning and say, I want to learn about business. And then another where you say, I want to learn how to survive in the wild if I have no water and no fire to make me warm. You can access Masterclass on your phone, on your computer, smart TV, or even in audio mode. And the classes totally make a difference. Don't wait another moment to start your learning journey with Masterclass. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Liz. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Liz. Masterclass.com slash Liz. You know, now as you as you get 
to real success in your in your toy company, you you guys have a way of capturing the essence of a child and knowing exactly what they look for in a toy. Um, where did you get that ability? Well, that's a very good question, Liz. Again, uh, I go back to my or- origin and beginning. As a poor child, I did, never had a toy. The only toy that I had, which I made myself from uh, old newspapers and a couple of sticks, I made a kite, uh, which I never forget. Uh, and I used to fly that on the roof of our house. So, uh, you know, now I've been married to my wife for 36 years. And if when you're married to somebody for that long, they become, especially wives, become your analyst. <laughs> <laughs> But they don't, uh, they don't charge you officially. <laughs> so, so she has become my analyst, and she says the reason that you're good with children and you're good with uh, toys is that as a child you didn't have one, so you're living your childhood, or or the child within. I think there is some truth to it. I always, always get uh, along with children, people who know me, and they see me with my children, whether it's my grandson or any children, they say, oh, my God, you're not the same person anymore. You transform. Your LOL dolls, these LOL surprise dolls, were a huge sensation this past holiday season and now are the number one selling toy out there. What, $5 billion in annual sales in 2019? Yes, in the retail sales is over $5 billion. I'm proud of my team. LOL Surprise is the number one toy actually for the past three years, four years worldwide. It's not just USA. It's the only toy that has won Toy of the Year award three times, uh, uh, three years in a row. And uh, I'm happy to say we also own Little Tykes. So, LOL right now is the number one toy brand, and Little Tykes is the number two toy brand wow. in the USA. Yeah, so can you imagine just uh, from, a, from a guy who washed dishes, spires coffee shop till now? This is what I call the American dream. Company. Yeah, it doesn't just come true, though. You fought for it so hard. And instead of saying, okay, I got it. I'm shutting the door behind me. You are doing what you are doing today, which is helping others. Um, Isaac, I'm not done asking you about your toys. You got the poopy slime sure. surprise. <laughs> Poopsy <laughs> slime surprise. Come on now. What is that? And and how do you get that to be at least nearly as successful as the LOL doll? Actually, you know, Poopsy Surprise also became a very successful uh, toy product line. Uh, not as successful LOL Surprise, but still did over $800 million in sales. And, uh, you know, I believe in life, you got to laugh. So kids are, uh, are fascinated with poop and unicorns and uh, and rainbow, so we just combined all of them <laughs> and came up with Poopsie Surprise. And $800 million later, it's just a rock star of a toy. Uh, so tell me, tell me now, as you look at the landscape of this nation, 
and quite frankly, the world, where manufacturing in many places is ground to a halt, people aren't leaving their homes. What do you foresee for the future of manufacturing in America? I think the manufacturing in America is going to definitely increase because people do not want to be so reliant on China. I have to tell you, I am disappointed uh, because when you look at the N95 mm-hmm. mask, it costs 60 cents to yeah. make them. And now people are gouging these one mask for five, five fifty, six dollars. So, uh, and even from China, I mean, they, these, I used to pay for these 60 cents. Now for good quality, I have to pay over $2 and 20 cents and I'm bringing them to give to charity. So I think people in America are going to come together <laughs> and they will bring a lot of manufacturing back here. Unfortunately, Liz, one of the problem is that we do not have a good labor uh, uh, force right. here. We have a factory in Ohio. Uh, Little Tax is a factory that's been there for over 50 years. The largest standing toy factory in America for the past 50 years. And now we cannot get labor because the immigrant labor has uh, dried up uh, because of many reasons, as I'm sure you know about. Uh, so but I think manufacturing is going to come back here. My, my biggest concern, Liz, is, again, we deal with children. And uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but over 22 million children in the USA depend on free or reduced-priced yes. lunch that they receive at school. Now that the schools are closed, how do these kids get fed? And, you know, it reminds me when I was 17 and I was so hungry and I wouldn't spend any of that 25 Mm -hmm. quarters that Mm -hmm. I have. And my heart goes to children. And so this is what I'm really concerned about. We are, as as the virus is flattening, we are going to turn this Operation uh, Pac-Man to really bring in and feed the children, not only USA, worldwide, okay. worldwide. I, I mean, three million children die every year from malnutrition. It, it is the statistics is incu- is incredible, incredible. I mean, can you imagine USA, the biggest country in the world, twenty-two million children going hungry? It's uh, it's unbelievable. And now with the unemployment that will happen, and the economy in recession the food insecurity will rise even more. And these are these children are my customers. Isaac, when, when you think back to your time in Iran, you are exactly what we love from immigrants, people who left a, a much worse situation. They come to America with a dream, but they're willing to work for it. President Trump is considering banning immigration right now due to, he says, the coronavirus. What do you think about that? I, frankly, I do not agree with that. This is a country of immigrants. I mean, Mr. Trump himself is a grandson of an immigrant. And two of his uh, wives, the current one and the previous one, 
were both yeah. immigrant. So I I really don't understand it. I don't agree with it. When you look at uh, again uh, uh, Jet Propulsion Laboratory or NASA, over thirty percent over thirty percent of scientists of JPL are of Iranian descent. Can you imagine if they were not here, they would be in a different yes. country. What would have happened? So. I think we got to look long term. I think this is the land America was started by immigrants. I mean, we are none of us, none of us here, going back to Washington, George Washington, till now are uh, uh, Indian Americans. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we got to keep that DNA in our in our life. And I'm disappointed that he's banning immigration. Frankly, Iran right now. Any family left there? And how do you feel about the fact that these wonderful people, and I, I happen to, having been uh, raised in, in Los Angeles when the Shah fell, obviously a lot of wonderful Persians came. They fled and then came to Los Angeles. And I love this culture. I really love this culture. A lot of them who fled, though, were Jewish. What about the melding of that culture? And what do you see there? Well, you know, Iran is a very, very, very old civilization. And this current regime is not representative of the Iranian people, Iranian culture. Uh, The fanaticism which is there was imported from Arab Mm -hmm. countries. You know, Persians were Zartushtians to begin with. And they were forced to convert uh, to different, uh, to Islam, basically. And I, am, I have a lot of great Muslim friends, uh, incredible friends. Some of my best friends are Muslims. But they are not all the same. It's what's, and then when you look at the Jews in Iran, the Jews in Iran lived there for over 2,500 years. And... Uh, and even now, Liz, I don't know if you knew this or not, Iran is the only country in Middle East which still has a Jewish population. No other co- Middle Eastern country except, of course, <laughs> Israel has them. They have, the Iranians have always been tolerant of the Jews because we've been there for over 2,500 yeah. years. And the Iranian people, Iranian culture is wonderful, wonderful. This is... The regime and what they do is not reflective of the Iranian people. And, you know, Iranians as a whole are very, very hospitable. You go tomorrow to Iran, any, any neighbor will ask you who, who you don't, any stranger will see you, will, who doesn't know even who you are, will ask you to please come over for oh. dinner. Or, so they, it's an incredible culture. Iranian people, majority of Iranian people, unfortunately, are stuck in this situation. But, uh, you know, as they say, I, I took a 10-day silent meditation in uh, India, uh, Vipassana. One of the things that they teach you in Vipassana is nothing is permanent. So this shall pass. The coronavirus will pass. The ty- Tyranny, tyrannical regimes all over the Middle East, Middle East 
eventually will fall up. I am so lucky to know you, and I am so lucky that my Everyone Talks to Liz listeners have just been introduced to one of the most inspiring people I personally have ever had the pleasure and the luck to somehow get to know. I can't wait to meet you in person one day, Isaac. Please, let's make that happen. For sure, Liz. Thank you so much. You be safe, and I love your program. I love uh, your tweets, <laughs> and I watch it. I watch it all the time. You are funny, you're witty, and you're great. <laughs> Isaac Larian of MGA Entertainment. Buy his toys because his heart is pure gold, and he will turn that profit to help people in other countries and in the United States, as he's doing right now with Operation Pac-Man. Isaac Larian, we'll talk soon. And thank you all so much for listening to Everyone Talks to Liz. Spread the word. Come on, you're telling me that story didn't just make you feel like, you know what? It's bad what we're going through, but look at what he made it through. So we know that all of these stories are hopefully life-changing and inspirational and aspirational. And in the meantime, when you make that money, you gotta be making sure that you invest it properly. So stay tuned Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern to the Claim and Countdown. It's the final hour of trade on the Fox Business Network. I'll see you next time. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.